Give us this day is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson appointed for the morning office from the Book of Common Prayer, 1928. These devotionals are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd in Tyler, Texas. Father Charles' devotionals can be found both in print and online. Today is Wednesday of the 20th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1-16. through 16. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate, trusteth in God, and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth, and these things give in charge, that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and specially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man well reported of for good works. If she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith." And withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle but tattlers and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. Today St. Paul teaches us about a little-known office in the early church, that of widow. Paul's extended commandments concerning widows are astonishing in two ways. The first thing that astonishes me is how seriously the early church took its vocation to provide for widows. See also James 1.27. The second is how high the standards are for this little office. As I read this passage, I can't help but think that it's not just the church leaders who God has called to high standards of holiness and devotion. It's all of us. Paul's advice for the care of widows is for us nothing less than an ideal of a Christian life for us to follow. It's wise to begin with the end in mind. This is never more true than in the Christian life. So what is the end goal for the life of a widow and for us? Paul commands first that the widow should teach the children and grandchildren to show piety at home. This appears to mean especially respect for reverence in the household, both for God and for the elders in the household. It is not just bishops or deacons who are to have orderly and respectful households, but all Christians. This piety is especially to be a piety or reverence for God. In English, we used to use this word piety to mean not only a general reverence, but also a life of worship and devotion. Family piety used to mean family worship and it was customary until the 20th century for the Christian family to have a time of family worship each day. This family worship varied, of course, but usually included Bible reading, instruction in the Word, and prayer. For those of us who are Anglicans, maybe we should think about using the service for family prayer 
or a modified form of evening prayer and morning prayer each day. That has been my goal, having the end in mind, for my own family. The second qualification for the widow and for us is that she trusts in God and continues in supplications night and day. There's not really much to say about this one, is there? We each know if we are laden a life of prayer or not. Could it be said of us that we supplicate the Lord night and day? Now, in the context of the requirements for widows and piety in the household, Paul adds another intriguing teaching on the household. Watch out, this is St. Paul speaking, and it's not for the faint of heart. What Paul actually dares to say is that if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Verse 8. Now, try and tell me that Paul teaches that we are so much under grace that how we live doesn't make a difference to our souls. There are many ways of not providing for one's household, but Paul probably means a more severe kind, in which family members, including extended family, are left without means of support, so that the church would have to take care of them. And yet there are many ways of not providing for one's household. One thing is clear from St. Paul's writings, how we actually live in our households has everything to do with our faith and our salvation. I wonder what Paul, or Jesus for that matter, might have to say about those who call themselves Christians in our culture, who think nothing of divorce, adultery, abandonment, abdication of responsibility, expecting the government or someone else to take care of them, dropping off parents in nursing homes and never seeing them, and the like. The widow is further to be well reported for good works. Hmm, is Paul deliberately shoving this in our faces? It really seems as if he cares passionately that, like James, we should show our faith by our good works. Some of these works include having brought up children, for this is one of the most noble of works known to men. And women, of course. Many Christian families are finding that their children do not remain in the faith. Anyone who disciples one of these little ones is showing her faith and proclaiming the faith more than many pastors ever will. The widow, remembering she represents us, is to be hospitable to strangers, to wash the saints' feet, which I take to mean providing for the physical needs of church members, and to have relieved the afflicted, verse 10. In short, she is to, once again, have been diligent in every good work. What's wrong with this woman? Doesn't she have a life? Who has time to do all the things on this list? That would mean less time for myself and the things that I want to do. That would mean being a radical. That's right. I think I've met this woman before. Didn't I just read about her in Proverbs 31? Such a woman is a veritable one-woman church, though of course such a thing is impossible. Can you imagine what life would be if we worshipped and prayed and worked and played in a church filled with people like Paul's widows? Some may think I'm dreaming, and maybe I am. But that is the kind of church I want to be part of, and this widow is still the kind of person I aspire to be. The goal of Paul's teaching is not to paralyze you or discourage you, but to encourage and animate you. This is the end of your life that you should have in mind at all times, beginning wherever you are today. This is the goal that God has for your life. How are you doing? What kind of person do you want God to make you? What will you do beginning now? Honest answers to these questions will help you begin to live for the chief end of man, which is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. This has been a presentation of Always with Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.